0: Instead of waiting for him to go down the street, around the corner, and shoot him, mm-hmm. and it was you literally had to stick your head out the window and barely could see him, you know, like, right here would have been a perfect straight shot.
1: Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The family school of thought is in session.
0: Okay, everybody. Welcome again to one more week of the Family School of Thought. I hope everybody's having a great week. How about um, the panel here? Who's everybody having a good week? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Who's on the panel again?
0: You. You know, we really should introduce ourselves because it's been a year that we've had this podcast and maybe people don't really know who we are.
3: Yeah. Who are you? And if you're listening, three of the voices may sound exactly the same.
0: You That's true.
1: How? You know what? Yeah, I was just thinking like our names are like right here, but uh, obviously for people who are listening, they don't. Yes.
0: Who are? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: <laughs> oh no, not icebreakers! I hate icebreakers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, for everybody out there, I, Cass and Jess are my daughters, and Dee oh, is gosh. my wife. And we talk weekly here about <laughs> unsolved mysteries and. UFOs and phenomenons, and we discuss our views on them. That, mm-hmm. That's why we call it the family school of thought. Yeah. Okay. And
3: I, Jesse, am the eldest of your daughters, mm-hmm. but Cassie is the tallest of your daughters.
0: There that you is go. Very true. There you go. I'm the middle daughter. There's three other siblings. Jordan's the oldest. Three. Uh, and, well, I was gonna say, Matt. To say? Oh, okay. Matt,
3: Matt, Matt
0: is Jesse's husband, which is my son. I think of him as my son. <laughs> and then we have Danielle, who's much younger and too young to be on the show. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's get this week's rolling. Um, Jess, I know we're last week we were out of yeah. fun facts. Yeah. So, you so ran out of fun facts, mental
3: applause I ordered during the podcast. I made sure to order one. I found the History Channel. Can you see it?
1: Oh.
3: Kind of going on my green screen. The History Channel um, Unexplained Mysteries. Ooh. Oh. Wow. They are. This is the one I'm reading for today. Oh, you can't see it but oh there you go you can kind of like see it it's a lot of information okay so the mental flaws fun facts were quick fun facts didn't give a lot of information these are like a page long for the calendar so (laughs)
2: wow
3: yeah we
1: definitely have questions now
3: well if we have questions i'm sorry i'm only going off the information on the the thing (laughs) (laughs) so history history channel I guess I don't know the history brand, unexplained mysteries. This one is the Babushka lady. Does anybody know about the Babushka? That is a, go- it's a grandma
2: in Russia, and she. Um, it's just a grandma in Russia. I, she's in. It's an old. It's an And Russia. it's um, you
3: have that book.
1: Babushka, Babushka.
3: Nope, you're thinking of Straganona. <laughs> yes. Nope, that's not the babushka lady, but you, I was very shocked that you were saying what you were saying because it's pretty close. It is pretty close. So this is United States history for you, United States of America, when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. Authorities immediately started to identify and profiling all of the citizens that were in the area who saw his motorcade rolling through Dallas, Dallas, Texas. And over time, they were able to identify most of the people in the area on that day, um, the day of the assassination. However, there were others. That were never they were never able to identify people who have um, they have become known as the badge man, umbrella man. is most elusive is the babushka lady, and she can be seen in several of the photos and videos during uh, turned over to the police. And considering the United States' tense relationship with the Soviet Union, aka Russia, now. The Soviet Union at the time, and the fact that she had a Russian-looking headscarf on, a babushka, Mm -hmm. authorities and the public alike started speculating on her possible involvement in the assassination. Her behavior was questionable on the tapes that they had, um, and she appeared to stay in one place as everybody around her ran for cover following the shots being fired. Some argued that her stature is closer to a man's and that she could have possibly been a Russian spy sent to the States to oust the United States president. Although authorities have made many efforts to locate her, her identity still remains a mystery. Wow. And
0: Very interesting. If
3: you Google, I mean, I've, I've seen her picture. I mean, you can like, I'm assuming if you Google JFK's assassination, her picture will come up and, um, if you, I'm sure if you Google a lady, that will probably be one of the first pictures that pops up. Very interesting. That is, I thought it was an interesting thing, but you know, this, his assassination. There are so many things that people, you know, there's so many conspiracies on that. Um, one is I have seen personally are like photos of people looking like they're talking on cell phones, which back yeah, in 1963, yeah. those weren't even right. around. Right. So they talk about time travelers and stuff. But there you go. There's today's little tidbit.
0: Well, very History's fascinating. Unexplained
3: mysteries. So
0: maybe hopefully do, 2023
3: should... brings us a lot of cool little information.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I like it. Okay. Je- or Cass, are we um do we have a song this week?
1: We do have a song this week. All right. Um and I think it's one I think you'll all know. Um, it is Hello by Lionel Richie.
2: Hello? Yeah. Yes, I So, agree.
1: obviously, again, this is another one that is commonly used as a love song. It's The whole song is about Lionel Richie confessing how much he loves this person. Um, but if you really listen to the lyrics, he's not even in a relationship with this person. This is another Hey Delilah situation where he's him saying, like, You know, is it me you're looking for while talking about a person who's, you know, he doesn't doesn't even know who he is.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, It makes it even worse when you watch the uh, official music video um, when Lionel Richie plays a teacher who is seen following his young blind student around singing this song while she is completely unaware of his presence.
2: Oh, wow. Hmm. But I'm sure she knows that he's around because they have better senses.
1: Well, at the end of the video, she, of course, is sculpting a sculpture that looks just like him. But,
0: uh, yeah, okay. So, at the end again, of the she's blind or-
1: and his students.
0: Yes, that's yeah. pretty creepy.
1: Yeah. Pretty creepy.
0: Yeah. Wow. Pretty
1: wow. Creepy. So, every time you sing that now, it's another, hey there, Delilah, unfortunately. You're ruining our music,
2: Cass. You're ruining our music.
0: Yeah. That's
2: the whole point. I never really,
0: uh, well. <laughs> Delilah, You really ruined for me. I <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: the whole point of this, you know, segment is for people Education. to listen, listen to the songs you're actually in love with.
0: Yes. Should listen Danielle ever get a new baby sister, we probably would name her D- D- Delilah. Delilah. <laughs> okay. She's not getting
2: another baby sister. We are you not. News no to us. Stories.
0: You never know what could happen. I mean, <laughs> were you expecting the last one? No, but, you know. Okay. We're getting, are we going to start calling ourselves the Duggers? No. <laughs> hey, I want everybody. You, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Cass. Are you done?
1: I'm done.
0: Okay. Okay. I wanted everybody to see that I'm home. Oh. You are home. Yeah. And this is my favorite picture in the world. And what's that? Because my favorite artist is here with us <laughs> tonight. <ninth. laughs> you
1: I know, Jessica. Like too. liver. Well, you're
0: not <laughs> my favorite artist.
1: <laughs> well, how about Jess? You have to steal it from him and make him want it, and then give it back to him because okay. that's the whole thing. Okay. I quickly, took it because it's mine.
0: Quickly, I, I made don't spend it. A lot of time on this story because I've got a long story to, to cover. But just so people know, this painting Cass gave me for our restaurant that we owned. And Mm -hmm. when I got rid of the restaurant, I took the picture and I did this room. You can't really see it, but it's all gray and purple. I did it for this picture. This picture was the inspiration for this room.
3: Oh, my goodness.
0: And so (laughs) I finished the room and went to put up the picture and couldn't find it anywhere. And Cass had come over to our house and stole it. (laughs) So I tracked it down, and then she didn't want to give it back to me. Mm. And well, I believe you gave it she to me for, as a Christmas I did give it right? back. Yeah, I think you gave it to me as a Christmas present or something like that. But anyways, um, so that's the story on this picture right here. And this mm. room is done in that. Where's all my
3: artwork? There's Two other kids that have done artwork. Mm-hmm. Where's all my artwork?
0: What artwork did you yeah? Actually we do have a painting of yours downstairs. Mm-hmm. Downstairs in the basement, in the dark basement. One painting that you did.
3: Yeah, I think there's just the one. <laughs> I was not into doing art in that media.
0: I wasn't really either. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, the room I'm in here now. I can't really show it to you, but there's lots of Cassie's artwork. This is really her her um <laughs> studio. it's really a, it's really like a museum for Cass.
3: Okay, great, awesome. You were gonna say it's really Cassie's old bedroom, but who lived there for like 18 years?
1: <laughs> See, the thing is, Jesse, you called me the tallest sister, but obviously I'm the
0: favorite yeah. child. No, yeah. Like every week I now I know my
3: place. I know Cass my place.
0: Every week I could feature a, one of your paintings behind me. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is my favorite. I love this picture. I hung it up in our shop for many years. And um, we literally did this room to for this picture. Anyways, so let's get on with today's story. How about that?
3: Great. Yeah, sounds good.
0: Okay. Well, I, th- I think I have what I, was a very interesting story. And Jesse... I almost think we collaborated this week on our stories we were going to talk about because I'm going to talk about Lee Harvey okay. Oswell.
3: Oh, and okay. The
0: innocence the innocence of Lee Harvey Oswell. Yeah, so, he died Supposed. Supposed. Suppose well, um, Can't be I, better, pur- I better put up my... Um,
3: For entertainment purposes. Only.
0: Yeah. Right. So um of course back in november 22nd of 1963 um president kennedy along with his wife and vice president johnson and his wife ladybird um met in dallas and um they also uh did a parade with the um governor of dallas or texas i should say um mr conley and his wife and i can't for right now think what her name is but um so it was the six of them in a parade (laughs) through town and um he had done a big um um conference prior to that where he he um i'm sure you've heard him say his clips of how um everybody loved jackie more than he was and he was just the man who accompanied jackie to dallas you know he gave that speech and um, another thing he would always do is when they come off the plane, he knew people loved Jackie so much that he would let her go off the plane first, so all the reporters could like say, "Oh, what is she wearing? Oh, I, what, what kind of hat is that? I'd look at her hair," and you know, and then he would come off the plane, you know. But it gave them time to focus on her beforehand, and he did it this day too. So. Um, this um, the story that I'm doing today, I'm basing it off of three different people um, that I used for this story, and one was named um, Gary Fannin, and one is Mark Shaw. And Mark Shaw, we've talked about several times on the show already. He wrote the book, the um, the reporter who knew too much,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and uh, about um, Del- or, um, Dorothy Kilgallen, and um, he's written many many books on the kennedy assassination marilyn monroe john f kennedy and of course dorothy kilgallen and um um, gary has written several books also on the assassination of jfk um gary when he was a sophomore in high school his um teacher um gave him a project to do and um, or they had to write a term paper, and actually he just took a hat around the class and gave it to um, uh, each student, and they pulled out of the hat the topic he was going to do, and he got John F. Kennedy. And he said the first thing his teacher told him was, go home and ask your parents where they were at. This was in 1980. Uh, go home and ask your parents where they were at when Kennedy was assassinated, and they will have stories for you. Guaranteed, you know, because everybody knows what they were, where they're at, and what they were doing. That when they found out Kennedy was assassinated, um, he is even uh, well. Mark has tried to retire several times, and um, he um, he first started out as an attorney, which is, I think is interesting, and he covered some really big cases, um, and he got so frustrated with the the system the judicial system that he just quit and left. And then it was kind of a couple of years later, he decided to write a book about I can't remember who it was, somebody famous. It was a famous trial. He started doing these trials and he came across Dorothy Kilgallen. Oh, we, this is the one on Marilyn Monroe. And he oh. came across stories about Dorothy Kilgallen and he just got so infatuated with her that he ended up adding her to that book, but then he's written multiple books throughout the years about it and he just can't seem to retire because he's always finding out more and more stuff about her um the the other person i did her name is madeline duncan brown and she was lyndon b johnson's mistress for 21 years so um they were together from like the er early or late 40s uh they had a child together and lyndon kept her um, supported all these years with the house and car and all this stuff and everything was done through an attorney. So, you know, he never had his name on anything, but it was, uh, she was taken care of. She actually worked in um, the uh, uh, advertising advertisement in the day for radio, the big radio station in Dallas. So she knew all the, you know, people in Dallas and the, you know, stuff. And um, many of these um, like, she was personal friends with Jack Ruby, you know, prior to this. And, um, but she'd been with uh, Lyndon Johnson for since the late 40s. He lived in, um, um, wasn't Houston, it was another town, but he kept her in Dallas. You know, she worked in Dallas and he kept her there. So anytime he was in Dallas, they would see each other. Um, and, um, like I said, he kept her financially set. He died in 1974, and she even had like a couple years of still people keeping her, you know, kept. But a couple years after that, they just completely cut her off, and she never, you know, got anything from them after that. Um, she uh, claims that the week prior to the assassination, um. Lyndon was in town, they were meeting at the hotel. He'd put her up in a hotel for the time he was there. Every time he'd come, it was the same hotel. And so he had people coming and going all week long, and a lot of really um top officials, uh, political people, mafia people, Jagger Hoover, who was you guys know who Jagger?
1: Yes, There's created somewhere. the
0: FBI was coming and going through this whole week and Um, So she knew something was going on, you know, why he'd be meeting with all these people. Um, And um, he was very frustrated. He was always very frustrated about the Kennedys because he didn't like the Kennedys. And he didn't get along with them very well at all. And the only reason he became vice president was because he was really polling pretty high. And Kennedy somehow made a deal with him. If you be vice president, we'll set you up to be president next. And and then in return, he would they were going to get all of his supporters, which worked. That's what happened. Um, and he actually did become president after him. But um, so um, this week they were um, meeting. So she knew something was going on. He was very frustrated at the Kennedys, and he kept saying to her like repeatedly all week long, "I'm so done with the Kennedys. I can't wait to have this over with. Um, I don't, I won't have to deal with them anymore." And um, they, uh, they always um, kind of harassed him because he wasn't that well-educated where the Kennedys all had you know, big educations and stuff. So they made him look dumb, you know, like a dumb farmer, you know. And um, so he was like, they're not going to embarrass me any longer. And the night before the assassination, she said he was in a total rage the entire day. And he was like, those effing Kennedys after tomorrow, I don't ever have to worry about them again. Hmm. Of course, she just played. She didn't really think that serious of it at the time. Until after the assassination, and then she tried to bring it up to him after the assassination. You said you wouldn't have to worry about it, and he, you know, I don't know the details or how rough he got with her, but he let her know don't ever mention that again, you know. Um, and she didn't. And um, through the years, you know, we're talking forty, forty-five years. She's passed now, so it's been a little while, but. Um, she didn't, she didn't mention it to anybody. And, um, but she said, you know, one by one, all the people I knew had some knowledge of this ended up in car accidents and weird fires and all kinds of crazy stuff happened to them. So she goes, I knew if I said anything, it, I would be dead. You know, there was no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Um, and, um, so she, so she didn't all these years. Um, Uh, so again, in, like in uh, well, uh, back in 1980, Gary got so involved in this, and he really started a 43-year research project for him studying the Kennedys. He was so fascinated about it, and uh, he um, in 1987 went to the uh, the uh, book depository building, the Dallas book it was before it was a museum on the sixth floor and he went in and he was standing at the sniper's window you know he goes, I'm standing at the famous sniper's window and I'm looking out and I all I could think of was is like why wouldn't he have shot him right here instead of waiting for him to go down the street around the corner and shoot mm-hmm. him it was you literally had to stick your head out the window and barely could see him you know like right here would have been a perfect straight shot, you know. So it threw him like why he wouldn't have done that. Um, um, and Jesse, I know you remember going to that because it yeah. would be in the museum, the sixth floor museum. Yeah. And I remember you standing at that window. Yeah, So you kind of picture what I'm talking about, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called the sniper's window. Mm-hmm. They had a, definitely a clear shot. So um, back in 1987... Believe it or not, we had these things. I don't know if you remember this, Jess. You might. They were called phone books. What's a phone book? Yeah. And you would literally look a person up, and you would get their phone number and their address. Uh Uh-huh. And everybody
3: related to them.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So and so, this is 1987. He sees this in the window, and he decides, I'm going to go down to the phone booth, and I'm going to call... and see, what's his name? I can't think of it. The, he was the chief of police at the time in Dallas. Um, so, he does. He calls him, and he answers the phone, you know. He says, you know, and he said, he said, you yeah, know, I just wondered if I could come over to your house and interview you about your, and get your thoughts on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And he said, sure, come on over. So, imagine that. <laughs> like You yeah, just call him on the phone. Say, I want to come to your house, not meet in some secret place or some, you know. Or meet in a public place. <laughs> surrounded by security and sending emails. That's true. And, That's
1: the perfect way
0: to get people to your house. Like, oh, yeah,
1: come talk to them. Come talk to me at my house where there's nobody else around. We'll okay. talk about JFK.
0: <laughs> so So he goes over there and he talks to him. And he said he has no doubt that, that um, Oswald had knowledge of this and was involved in it but he goes he did not shoot the president and he goes had he lived because we know he got shot before he was on trial had he lived he would have never been convicted because there was absolutely no real evidence of anything they said everything they said was total circumstantial evidence yeah yeah so um So one of the things was that the lady in the hat is very suspicious. It's, it's odd that you yep. said that, so the babushka. definitely. And there the babushka. definitely were people out on that street that were in disguises, and mm-hmm. a lot of them were FBI agents, mm-hmm. um, and CIA agents were out there disguised in other ways. But one of the guys, um, the evidence that they used. Uh, was his name was um, Brennan and he claims to have seen um, Oswell in the six story window. He was standing out in the street below and he was watching him in the six story window. And, you know, he said he had a, you know, exactly how he was dressed. He was um, short or I can't remember if he was short and um, he knew his weight weight and height and a description of him and seeing him with the rifle and everything, you know, well, and they used that in the, you know, to prove Oswald did it. And really, when you went down in the street, there was no way you'd be able to see. That bar. Or in details, you might see a person there, you know, but you wouldn't be able to get that many details of what he weighed and, you know,
2: yeah. his and heights mm-hmm. and all that
0: stuff. So that was kind of debunked, but they used it. And another thing they did was they took that same guy, his name was Brennan, and um, they took him downtown and put him in a lineup or put Oswell in a lineup for this guy. And the first time they did it, he couldn't pick Oswell out of this lineup. You know, he could see him so clearly from six stories up out on the street, but yet he couldn't pick him out in a a lineup. So what they did and listen to this later, they bring him back for another lineup and two of the guys were in suit and ties Oswald's in his ripped T-shirt, black eye, and another guy is in a uniform. And they literally said they had each guy step forward and tell them their name and their occupation. Well, guess what? He was able to pick them out at that time. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, can you believe they would do that? (laughs) And so (laughs) Oswald was clearly, you know, trying to tell the media it would, of course he's in jail but um they did a press conference i don't know if you guys remember seeing that so they hadn't even arrested him or anything at the time and they literally have a press conference with him standing there and he's saying this is all lies that did not happen um and there's he like he he told them how he they put him in a lineup and then he's wearing a ripped t-shirt and what well, these other guys are wearing suits and they're saying, which one is he? You know, so. And um, so uh, uh, that, and he asked for an attorney. He wasn't talking until he had an attorney. And also in this press conference, I might get to this in a little bit. I'm probably skipping ahead. He, um, They asked him about, did he shoot the president? And he said, nobody has even questioned me uh, why I'm here. Nobody has told me why I'm here. So he hadn't even been arrested or even told, you know, shot the president we were accusing nothing you know so um um there was also two women out on the street who claimed to have seen two men at the other end of the building on the sixth floor but they're on the other completely and other end of the building closer much closer to where the president got shot and they said they he they had guns one was a black guy and one was a white guy and um um but they they just assumed it was like security, you know, um, secret service and stuff in the window. So they didn't think nothing about it, and of course they those got those women just got totally dismissed, you know, because they were and, women. Well, and you know, and they had a, a better vantage point, vantage point than the the guy down in the street, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then um, let's see where I'm at here. Um, also at the window they found the rifle used in some boxes in that same room as the window uh, but it was hidden behind some boxes and they found two um shells shotgun shells on the floor okay Mm -hmm. um seems odd that an assassin who's going to assassinate the president of the united States would empty his gun at the place where he shot them, you know, and then leave them there. That seems mm-hmm. pretty unbelievable, but that's what they use for evidence too. Um, also, I don't know if you guys are familiar with officer Tippett. He's the officer that got shot and killed. Um, supposedly Oswell left that building, took a bus. I'm skipping all around, so I'm probably going to have trouble following my notes, but he um, left the building, took a bus two blocks and then the roads were closed off and everything because the president had just been shot. So he gets a transfer, which you have to go to the bus driver, get a transfer ticket, gets on another bus and takes it back the other way back to the train, the um, uh, the bus station. So he gets off there and he gets a cab. Well, then there was a pregnant woman there, so he gives this woman the, ca- the cab. And he gets another cab and he takes it back to a rooming house where he was staying. Now he goes past the rooming house. He goes past the house five blocks past it and says you can let me out here. And he walked back five blocks to the rooming house where he stayed. And he goes in and the lady who owned the house was there and she's now on, they're, they're showing this on TV that the president's been shot in the motorcade and and she's like, oh my gosh, the president's been shot and and um he just kind of come in, went into his room and left. And um, so she said, you know, he was in a hurry, but I told him the president's been shot, but, you know, he didn't say anything. And so then this is all entertainment purposes only and only speculation at this point. He leaves and as he's going to the theater where he got caught, the movie theater, um, a police officer pulls him over because he fit the description that they were given out and he shot and killed the police officer, Tippit, and then went to the movie station, movie house, right? So there is a witness to him shooting this, a lady that lived in a house right there, and, and she says, you know, the police officer pulled up, and um, Oswald kind of went up to the car on the passenger side and kind of leaned in, like, you know, what do you want, kind of thing. And so uh, the officer got out of the car, and he shot him twice with a revolver and just walked away. So but what they found out was at that scene, there's four shells left at the scene. And two of them are from a rifle and two of them are from a um, revolver. So they don't even match. And in that, Officer Tippett's body were two, two bullets. So four got fired. Only two were in his body. And one was from a rifle. and One was from a revolver. So they weren't even from the same gun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, um, also, um, there is some they call them the backyard photos, and there's a photo of Oswald standing in his backyard with a rifle. Now, at the time, he and his wife, and they had two kids, were staying at a house with a woman and her two kids, and this woman. Um, her name is uh, Ruth Paynes, was separated from her husband, but he was around a lot. So he, they were separated, but he was there all the time. And the Oswells and their two kids were staying at the house with her and her two kids. And they really didn't know each other other than they were, she just was renting out the space because they needed the money, right? So, uh, but Oswald got the job at the... um book depository building, which was about 20-minute drive to from where they were living. So he got a rooming house so he could walk there every day because he didn't drive.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: kind of complicated. Both couples were separated from their husbands, really, and had the four kids there. And um, none of them really had a, they, they were in a nasty divorce where the men weren't around. They were always there. Anyhow. Well, okay. And they- really, reason Oswell was not staying with his wife and children was because he needed to be able to walk to work every day. So he had a rooming house there. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so the bullets didn't match, you know. And at this press conference they did, I, I kind of keep going back to this, one of the things they did was they literally had his rifle and was walking in a whole crowd of people to show the cameras, moved, you know, the television stuff, this is the rifle he used, right? Mm-hmm. And they described what kind of rifle it was and where he got it. and um, But later, those bullets didn't match that rifle. So they had to change the description of the rifle to, to match the bullets. So, um, you know, that was odd. And, okay, so then he had this backyard photo of him holding this gun. And his wife, Marina, and this is at the Payne's backyard. He's holding a gun like this and, and kind of posing in the backyard. And Marina, his wife, gave them that picture because she took it as evidence, right? And so um, that picture later was proven to be fake. And it was, you know, they didn't have photo-shopping back in 1963, but both Oswald, well, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But anyways, they found out it was a fake, really a faked photo. Um, but all this stuff was done prior to these assassination. So obviously there's a setup here happening, right? Right. Um, Walter Cronkite, like right away, went on the news, television. Remember television was pretty new back then and said, you know, the a president has been shot in a motorcade in an open car three shots were fired and um he didn't know that at the time they hadn't released that three shots had been fired and actually most of the people that were there and out on the plaza on that day said there was like six shots fired so somebody gave him that information before it was even a fact wow. to report to the world right and um um this, uh, Ruth Paynes, another thing was, um, after the shooting, the police went directly to her house. I no, I should say the FBI, the FBI came in and took over the investigation immediately, and they went directly to her house. You know, why would they go to her house of all people? <laughs> you know, like, and she answers the door and says, I've been expecting you. Hmm. Well. In today's knowing what we know, why would you be expecting the FBI to show up at your house? Right. For what reason? You had no reason to think that, you know, they hadn't released the name or anything like that, you know, at that time. Um, also on this gun, after they showed it off and everything, they couldn't find any fingerprints of Oswald's on it. Nothing was on this gun that was his, you know. So they literally, the FBI went to the morgue. After he was shot, took his fingerprints from his dead body, and the next day, remarkably, they found a hand, a palm print on the gun that matched Oswald. Huh? Didn't find it before, only afterwards. Only you know. after, right? Um. And um, the, these uh, the um. Ruth and her husband I think his name was Michael Paynes they you know portrayed themselves at the time as being you know middle class but they were having hard times and they were separated and she took them in for extra money to rent the room out well you know come to find out they were they were hobnobbing with all the elite people in Dallas and um you know went to you know they knew all the big name people and And Mm -hmm. around with them and actually belong to a country club that the Bushes belong to. (laughs) Um, So they're portraying themselves as being, you know, poor and they portrayed Oswald as being, you know, dirt poor, not able to support his family and all kinds of things like this uneducated. And um, so, you know, all that just, you know, this is why people get so frustrated and why they decided to not trust the government anymore. They're being fed all this stuff that is not true, and it's obviously not true if you right. stop and listen to the story. And so all this stuff, too, he never went to trial. There was no proving any of this. They just took it, made it up, and said, who's going to argue it, you know? And this uh, the pains, when um, uh, one of the things first things Johnson did was um, put together the Warren Commission, Cause they knew the country was like thinking, what, what, how did this happen? This doesn't sound right. You know? So that he gets together um, seven uh, people and they were all people that were politically had political careers, but they weren't big shakers. You know, they were just kind of, you know, people that you wouldn't even recognize their name today. Other than one, which was um, um, Ford, Gerald Ford become president and he became president president kind of the same way johnson did just by a fluke of events he became his president but anyways they put together this warren commission and this ruth paynes was the major person in this whole commission i mean 90 percent of what they used came from her you know and she uh, gave 91 pages of depositions to the warren commission hmm. um so um and another thing was like, you know, she said, well, I didn't know he had any guns in the houses at all. Well, then she starts telling the story how she's making these wood projects for her kids. And literally where the gun was kept, she would have had to have walked over it every day to get to these wood things, you know. Yet she'd never seen it, you know. So mm-hmm. it was kind of weird. Um, um, and come to find out, And we knew this already anyhow, but, um, well, let me finish her testimony. Um, Oh, another, some other things like she claimed that um, she had taken her kids grocery shopping on Saturday and Sunday following this. And so she wasn't at home for, you know, to see anybody coming and going and, um, and she took them to a dentist appointment. And she took her kids twice on, I can't remember. It was twice on Friday and twice on Saturday to the um, grocery stores. Oh, it was on Sundays, and then her dentist on the Saturday. And you know, in 1964, women didn't go to the grocery store every day. That was like mm-hmm. a once a week thing when Dad was home to watch the kids. I mean, like it just didn't happen. I I know, D, you go to the grocery store every five minutes, but that didn't happen back then. You know, so well. It
1: also it, has. Eight children, uh, and she has to feed every day. So
0: I know, but you went back then. You bought your groceries for the week. You didn't buy them for the day, and um, it was you know. And you didn't take your two and three year olds for dentist visits long enough on a Saturday. It was. I'm not saying it couldn't have been done, but it would have been odd to take a two and three year old really to the dentist at all because we didn't have those kind of things back then. I mean, you might take them if they had a toothache or a problem, but not just for a checkup, and not on a Saturday. And grocery stores weren't open on Sundays. That was another thing. Back then, grocery stores did not open on Sundays, and she, she claims to take taken her kids twice on the Sunday to the grocery store. So it was just things like that that she left depositions on this in the Warren Commission, and they didn't question it. They just said, oh, yeah, that sounds, you know, of course you wouldn't have been there, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those things don't even make sense when the public hears them. So, you know, they pretty much were basing their their decisions on those kind of statements. Um, uh, oh, he had um, 20, he made $2,600 a year. So he made $2,600 a year. And yet they found three thousand dollars worth of camera equipment in their house of his, hmm. so seems odd. Somebody that made twenty six hundred dollars, not that he wouldn't invest that for a career or whatever. Um, but um, um, oh, and another thing, Michael Payne, which had been her, you know, not ex husband, but he wasn't living there. Um, when they started matching his silhouette in the backyard with Oswald's silhouette in the backyard, they literally were a- almost identical. Like they could have been, you know, with the sunlight, you wouldn't even have known who was who. Right. So um, that kind of threw a little question mark on the photo of him holding the gun, because another thing in the photo, the gun is almost the same, but they has a couple brackets on it that are on the bottom on one he's holding but they're on the the one they were showing off so it wasn't the exact gun you know and they changed the definition of gun too because of those um
3: because the bullets didn't match the ballistics
0: right right oh and okay now here's the real kicker and um because what we found out about oswell he wasn't poor he was very well educated in the military he was in the marines he was a really high security in the Marines worked over in the Soviet Union or Russia. Um, But there was a guy named Roscoe White and um, Roscoe and Lee were in the Marines together. They were stationed together in the Soviet Union and they worked as um, photo intelligent. So um, they both had really high security levels. So, you know, they don't just give these, just any dummy. So obviously mm-hmm. he had some, some potential here. He wasn't the, you know, poor, dumb, you know, warehouse guy trying to survive, you know, survive um feed his children. Um, on March 7th. So remember Kennedy got killed on, I mean, on November 7th. Mm-hmm. Kennedy got assassinated on November 22nd. On November 7th just a few weeks before that, Roscoe gets hired as a Dallas police officer. So this guy who Oswell served all this time in the military with on top secret missions and photo um, surveillance. So there's your boy in the babushka. Well, so he gets hired. He gets hired on November 7th, to go to work for the police department, and in his position was um, the um, photo evidence, evidence officer. So, you know, like people, they would take pictures at a crime scene. You mm-hmm. know. You'd um, analyze them. Right. And then analyze the pictures. Lee, who again was involved with him in the Soviet Union doing that same job, gets hired the very next week to work in the Dallas book depository building just as a laborer in the warehouse.
3: hmm
0: So are you following me? The two were in the service together. High intelligent. Yeah. And one gets hired to be a Dallas police officer. One gets hired to work in the work the book depository building. And um Roscoe worked as a police officer for two years. So he quit two years after that, and um, he retired. But he also died in 1971 in a very suspicious chemical fire. At his house? or I didn't say. I didn't say. But here's here's the real kicker. So in 1980, Roscoe's son, Ricky, okay, so now Roscoe, and this um, really both of these uh, two men that write these books really tried to show that Roscoe was the assassin, oh. you know, not Oswald. And he's really the one who killed the president. Um, but so 1980, his son, he's died because he died in the chemical fire. And his son, Ricky, and now this is 1980, he, it's nine years later, that he's snooping around his grandparents' house and he found an mm-hmm. case cylinder. And it shows a picture of it. You know, it's kind of like looks like maybe some big plumbing you'd think in your basement. And he um, has to open it up, and it's sealed, you know. And so he has to open this up, and he finds in there all these documents and photos and diaries and list of um, killings, you know, a kill list of people and um, headshots with these people that with their faces are crossed off, and um, And um, so it's obviously a list of people that have been assassinated and later he goes through and starts looking at all these people and these are all people who knew something about the assassination of John F. Kennedy and he is the assassin he's the one, his job was to kill these people that knew something about Kennedy, I mean this is what his son's getting out of this, right and um, So, um, and curiously enough, he finds a picture of his mother, so Roscoe's son and Roscoe's wife. He finds a picture of her and Rube uh, Jack Ruby together, like he's sitting at a chair and she's dancing, like in front of him, you know, kind of thing. And, um, you know, come to find out, Ricky's mother was a dancer at. Ruby's strip club. Hmm. So all these years, they knew each other. All these years, and um, and uh, Roscoe had written across this picture, Ruby was a brave man. <laughs> and and they find the the pitch the snapshot of the um, Oswald holding the rifle in the backyard. They find this picture and they call it the ghost picture because his silhouette is cut out in this picture. So they had, you know, put in another person into this picture. And he's a photo, this is what he does for a living. So obviously he's the one that did that. And they show the pictures and they literally, like I said, it was 1963. They didn't have Photoshopping, Mm -hmm. but they also didn't know about photoshopping pictures back then with it was you had a picture that's what it was you know what i mean there was no like questioning and it wasn't like taped on there or anything it was done well and they had taken um roscoe's picture holding that gun and then they had taken um oswell's face and kind of put it on that They just put his face on there, and they had to kind of tilt it, and they had to kind of shade out his chin, so it looked like him, and you know you couldn't tell the difference. There was proof right there in this canister that he found, and um, um, there were three cables that he had gotten from the military um, with his military numbers on him and everything, uh, assigning him an assignment at the Dallas Police Department when he was still in the Soviet Union. So, you know, like, what more proof do you need? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> obviously, this is true. And um, the police didn't really want anything to do with this stuff. The FBI didn't care. They were just like, yeah, okay, it's, it's all fake. So he kept it. And the, actually, um, that's Gary, who wrote the books. He ended up purchasing this stuff in an auction. And so he has it now. And he also has a ring that um, Oswald wore, um he had two rings that he wore when he was buried and his wife, when they assumed his body back in like 1990 or something, you know, when they were going to reinvestigate all this stuff, um, his wife wanted the wedding ring. So the guy, the, you know, mortuary guy took both of his rings and gave them to her, but she didn't want the one cause it was from the Soviet union. and just didn't want it. So, um, the, Mortician put it in his pocket, intending on putting it back on his hand and put him in the while. They buried him, but they buried him before he had a chance. So he ended up with it for years. He didn't want to admit that he had this ring, you know. So well, this Gary found out he had it and bought it from him too. So so um let's see. Um so now Gary goes to roscoe's pastor or he was um priest he had all these years and he tells him you know we've come across this cylinder who obviously proves that he killed the the john kennedy or had definitely had a lot of involvement and in this he claims to have killed 28 people that were involved in this assassination He tells his priest this, right? And he said, you know, did he ever confess to you anything he was done? And um, he didn't say anything. So he said, you know, it's 28 people that got murdered. And all the priest would say was, that sounds about right. (laughs) So, you know, Everybody's in on it. What's that?
1: Everybody's in on it.
0: Well, I think the priest probably was in a position like, when people confess to you, it's between you and God and I'm not supposed to share that, you know, but he let him know that sounds about right. You are know, like, so he let him know, yes, but in a way that he wasn't really making a statement. Again, this is all for entertainment purposes. <laughs> um, so also, okay, this um, Mark Shaw, you know, he's come up with a list of things that says, here are the reasons our own government did this. You know, people always want to talk about the Soviet Union was after him, um, Cuba was after him, uh, Fidel Castro, um, Hoffa, uh, the, you know, the, um, you know, the underground criminals and you know, the mafia, they were all after him. And it could have been any of those people, but he come up with a list of things that like only the government could have made this happen on the day of, that it happened. Um, one of the things was the, uh, uh, parade route was changed the day just prior to doing that. So obviously, you know, Fidel Castro can't call him up and say, Hey, change the route of that parade, you know? Um, although it's probably common for them to, you know, change the parade. They probably had 10 different ways they could go and they don't announce, tell anybody until the day, in the minute of, I don't know. But, um, but, um. The Secret Service alone violated 16 laws that day. So the Secret Service 16 times in that one day didn't do things they were supposed to do. One of them was like anytime the the motorcade went under 40 miles an hour, there had to be two people on the running boards on each side and one person on each corner on the bumpers on each corner of the car. So that's eight Secret Service people should have been on that car when it was traveling, which we know there wasn't. You know, um, the um, in front of Kennedy was Connell, Connolly, which those it had jumper seats made there, and those were for Secret Service to sit in, not the governor of Texas. You know. And so I'm. I i do not know if you guys remember, but the bullet supposedly went through Kennedy, then went through Connolly, and that's mm-hmm. how they both got shot. Um, but um, so that you know, obviously, those things happened. Um, the uh, windows were open in the on that sixth floor building. They had three of them and they were showing pictures, you know, three of them were open and they were open in other buildings. And that was like the first number one rule when there's a parade with the president, there could be no open windows, you know, in any buildings along the route, you know, so that they would have never let happen. And um, for sure, they would have been, you know, on top of it, if they seen one open, they would have rushed to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1963, it was not a federal law but a federal crime to kill the president. It was a, a crime but the state of Texas should have been overseeing this. You know what I mean? The FBI immediately come in and took over when they had no jurisdiction to do that. Now it is, and I can see why it would be
3: that's but, kind of nuts, though, to think that it wasn't a federal crime before.
1: Well, that? you guys remember just... that the FBI wasn't created like until like maybe like a couple of years before that, right? Probably,
0: yeah, yes, probably. probably. But like when Lincoln got shot, they, there was no FBI, right, no. right, but, right, right. Yeah. Well, still, the state of Texas had the jurisdiction to oversee the investigation, not the FBI. And every time you talk, you see anything about anything, the Dallas police were overridden by the FBI and everything they were doing was just like, don't even, just throw it away. Don't even look at it. And, you know, There is autopsy. He had two of them, one in Dallas. I think, well, they just totally dismissed his whole thing and said, don't talk to anybody. We're taking them back to Washington. We'll do our own autopsy, you know, which if you remember, let's see how this went. The back of his head, His head got blown off. Right. Yet he's supposed to have been shot from behind, but yet his head got blown off, you know? So that wound is in the front and there's a big exit wound in the back. Obviously, he got shot in front, but that doesn't show on the autopsy they did in Washington because it didn't match the story.
1: Well, because even in the video, doesn't he recoil backwards? Yeah.
0: And they're saying in the, in that video. And remember that video did not get released. I want to say it was about 1980. So the world did he was they they didn't see that. They couldn't see the question that that he right. actually went for let's see. He went backwards like that and then forward like that. So he got shot from two different angles. Yeah. And he, oh, he got shot in the neck. He got shot in the head and then shot in the neck. And the one in the neck is more likely the one that went out and shot Conway. Right. You know what I mean? It made sense that it happened that way. Um, and it's clear, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but I've seen a 100 of those reenactments. And, you know, mm-hmm. it clearly it happened that way. There's no way you can dispute that. But in 1963, we didn't have access to all this stuff. We weren't watching that movie. We were only trusting what the government told us. And that's all we had. And now we know everything they are telling us was a lie (laughs) and i've told this many times my dad said he always said this when i was a little kid when john kennedy got assassinated that is what changed the mood of the country he goes prior to that whatever the government said that's the way it was nobody ever stopped and questioned it. he goes but after that happened immediately people knew that didn't sound right and then they came up with that Warren commission to, pre- to try to prove it. That just made it worse. And he goes, "So that's when people stopped trusting the government, because that story just couldn't possibly be true. yet they were telling us, we've had the, you know the FBI and the CIA, and everybody's in. this, this is the way it happened." And obviously it didn't. And Oswald had no chance to ever tell his side of the story. Well that you might know.
1: have added to it too. Like I think a lot of Americans went like there's like we should have had this guy on trial. There's like no reason right. he should have been right. assassinated right. in the midst
0: of the FBI. Why would you let a criminal who murdered somebody out in public in a right you know, and have Jack Ruby who had no business being there, he had no authority to be there, just come up and kill him?
1: Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like he was surrounded by FBI agents. How do you, as FBI agents, let someone just bum rush? Right. Right. You know, your Uh, biggest suspect. Well, I mean,
0: obviously, Ruby was in on it too. His job was to walk in there and kill those. And they all knew to let him in there and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. um, So uh, let me see if I'm finished with that. So. uh, Oh, also the parade was 15 minutes late. So they had changed the time of the parade route. Which, again, I can see the FBI doing that on a normal basis. Like, you don't ever tell them exactly the route and the time. But Lee was seen eating his lunch at 12.23. No, 12.26 in the cafeteria. Well, well, he was assassinated at 1230. And if the parade was on time, he would not have been down there eating his lunch. He would have been at that window. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. He would so have been time when the parade was supposed to have been there, he was eating lunch. So that doesn't fly. And so he, um, so, you know, only the government and the CIA and Lyndon B. Johnson could have made these arrangements on that day. Anybody else, you know, Castro or you know somebody from the Soviet Union or the the, the um, mafia, they would not have been able to step in and change these arrangements on that day to make sure it happened that way. Um. um Oswell's was reported, in you know, in the Warren Commission, he's reported that he left the building at 1230 and got into that bus drove two blocks um, got a transfer went back to his boarding house well five blocks from his boarding house walked back and then got uh, got the cab got the woman in the cab and um, all in 20 minutes but in 20 minutes he was in the movie theater which couldn't possibly happen but that's what they claim but many witnesses and many witnesses say they've seen Oswell leave the building at 1230 and get into a cream-colored Chrysler station wagon and drive off. Mm-hmm. Guess who has had a cream-colored Chrysler station wagon? Jack Ruby. Ruth Payne.
2: <laughs>
0: the poor There's so lady, many options. Who, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's so unbelievable. It's was he unbelievable. supposed to be,
1: wait a minute, was he supposed to be out of work? Cause he's, he was working at the building, correct? Yeah, I thought about right.
0: that too. I know. Um, I suppose he would have claimed, and I probably would have done the same thing. I would imagine the FBI come in there and cleared that building. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it was like, oh, let's just all go home. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. I, you guess, mean, yeah.
0: I don't know. They didn't really explain why he left at that time, but I would imagine that they cleared the building and, you know.
1: That's true. I wasn't thinking about right. that. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, it's just overwhelming. And that's something so much of the story I could tell. It's overwhelming the evidence that is not there. And yet, our government today keeps sticking with that story. And then they wonder why we don't trust the government. You know, it's like, so, so that was odd that you brought that story up today, Jess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, there's the tons of videos on YouTube and stuff that you can see. You know, the parade going by, and um, you remember being in that window, right, Jess? And yeah,
3: yeah, I remember, I remember looking down. There's a big X in the. I don't remember yeah. if it's big or not, but it was
0: a very X small window. Away. Right. It
3: was, yeah. Very yeah. small window.
0: Yeah, it looks bigger and when you're looking at the videos on the outside. It looks, you know, big windows, but mm-hmm. no, it, it wasn't was very, I remember it being very, very small. narrow.
3: It was very, yeah, very, very mm-hmm. narrow.
0: But um, interesting enough, I kind of wouldn't mind going back to that museum because that museum yeah. is all set up to prove that he did it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: right.
1: Did That's it or he,
0: didn't that he, that he did do it? Yeah. So it was kind of <laughs> like, you know. Mm-hmm. The purpose of that museum is, again, to prove that Oswald was the sole shooter, mm-hmm. assassin, you know.
2: Yeah, and there's videos saying that he did. Right, right, right,
0: right. And
3: that's what, you know, like, I, Matt and I, when we drove down to Texas um, several years ago now, I can't remember when exactly, um, 2016-ish, around then, that was one of our plans. Was we were going to stop in Dallas and go to that museum, and we just never had time to actually yeah. do that. But because that's what, like, when we went, I was like Danielle's age.
0: Yeah, you know. So I no,
3: because I, I was there.
1: Yeah, I yeah was like, you were
0: probably about three, maybe.
1: I think yeah. maybe four or five.
0: No. Jesse yeah. would
1: have been like uh, twelve.
3: No, I was, I was in like fifth grade. You know, I know I was in fifth grade when we went because I had specific teachers.
2: Okay.
0: And I
3: know the, the specific teachers that I had, uh, one that had really red curly hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. so I remember it was fifth grade when I, so I would have been Danielle's age. I would have been yeah. around 10. Right. When we went, and so it's like I remember it, but I was so young that it's like
2: you weren't interested in the history well, of it. I think, were,
3: I think all of us kids were all of us cousins. We were interested in it. And Cassie, I, you
2: were probably you probably were um,
3: like three. You
2: were a toddler because yeah. I remember pushing you in a you stroke.
3: Were probably, and you were actually probably close to Odin's age. Yeah, and then I know that I you mean, were, four, which
1: would have made you twelve.
0: We're eight well, years I don't apart. Know. You're about that age, but yeah. um, I know Cassie, you were there, but you were too young to even comprehend what's going on. You, you were know, with us look reading all the things, but I mean you weren't yeah. I, all I, I remember remember looking out the window, so I don't know. I remember looking out the window. Anyway.
1: I remember a, Uncle Scott explaining the what the window was to me.
3: Yeah, and that's okay. so, like I rem, like I remember being there. And i remember like sitting and watching the movie like there were so many different movies
1: yeah the little like clip that like was right beside it
3: and um i but it's like i have like clear memories but it's like i can't like i i remember at the time thinking like i need to appreciate it because i knew it was a big thing yeah but it's like my you are a 10 year old kid or you know around that age where I remember was, we were
0: going to take you could get in the limousine and take that drive, you know. No, I and don't I remember, remember that. we were gonna do it and then we thought, well, it might freak you guys out.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't I remember doing that. But yeah, you
0: like could it. do you could get in a ride and actually you could wear like a pink pillbox hat and you know, like mm-hmm. dress like them and take the And they had a limousine. I'm sure it wasn't the the actual one. And, uh, but you could take that, a drive, you know, through the route and stuff. But, um, I know we just talked about this a couple weeks ago, but that limousine is at Henry Ford Museum. Museum.
3: I was just going to say, we just saw the limousine. We also just saw the chair that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in. Yes. Yes. But didn't you
0: think it was odd? And I think we talked about this already, but didn't you think that was odd that? They just cleaned that car up and kept using that. Yeah, you know the president of the United States was murdered in this car. Just clean it up and keep using it. Yeah, <laughs> that's just seems weird.
3: Yep, definitely.
0: But anyways, they did put a rough on it after that. <laughs> that that solved the problem okay well what do you guys think do you have any questions or any very good yeah.
3: i think that was a good you know there's always going to be controversy I, I think surrounding this event and did did leah harvey all as well actually really do it was he the shooter was he the one that pulled the trigger or what were, were, was there another shooter that those are always going to be i think questions and you know, Matt, of course, Matt watches a lot of like ancient aliens and alien type shows. And there's I can't remember what it is, but there's one clip and one of the things that he watches is usually a thing that he watches when we're trying to go to bed. You know, so I've seen it a thousand times, but it's like Jimmy, I think Jimmy Kimmel asking, you know, Hillary Clinton. About, you know, like, oh, when your husband was in office, like, did you guys try to figure out about aliens and all the, Like, it's that kind of stuff. Like, why have we never questioned the current presidents about documentation on the
0: JFKs? Well, they have.
3: Uh, yeah, they I have. feel like Obama they did get a lot of
0: them. Of- Almost all of them go Well, and they office. were just
3: releasing a bunch of stuff, too. Right? And that's what
0: I'm
2: saying. Now we're going to find out what the true story is because a lot and a lot of the documentations are probably falsified. But, um, well,
0: this this Gary that wrote the books he interviewed Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. and he said to him, Why is it? You didn't when you went into office, did you ever try to look in the JFK files and find out who happened to it? And he, Jimmy Carter, said, I and I was on my way to doing that, or not on my way, but he goes, I started looking into that. I was warned very sternly by um, a man called Oswald and one by Ruby to not look, huh? And he he said, First names that didn't match, he said, like. John Ruby and Harry Oswald, you know, yeah. told me to, you know, not to. so he was warned, do not you you do not look into this.
1: Well that's so on that's I think that's what the person saying basically like ask Jack Ruby and Lee Harvey Oswald what happens when you you know right. question this. So that's what this but that's what is what I, him. Yeah, you know? Right. Uh, that's what I my theory about it is obviously like the government the U S government did it was involved. And that's why we can't get information on it. Cause they can't admit fault at this point. Um, especially like if it was true, uh, you know, Lyndon B Johnson's mistress is saying he knew that it was going to happen and that mm-hmm. JFK is going to die. And with we, Harvey Oswald being a top security, like photo an- analyst in the U S army, he probably saw something he shouldn't have. Right. And they pinned it on him, knowing right. that they could get rid of him. Yeah, two yeah. birds, one stone kind of thing.
0: And he even like as much as he could, because we're talking about this all happened within minutes. But mm-hmm. tried to say, "I didn't do this. I'm being pinned, <laughs> pinned into this. I, I did not do this," you know. And but he was never able to clear. And he said, "I can prove it," you know. Yeah. Well, he never got a chance to do that. So. Yeah. Okay, we probably should wrap up because we've been on almost two hours now. Anybody got anything they want to add to this story today? Yes.
1: This was a good one for our 50th episode. I will say that. This is our oh, 50th, 50th. Oh,
3: this is our 50th
0: well, oh, happy Wow! Oh, wow. think yeah. wow. thanks, thanks for everybody that 50th watches 50th. us. And continue to watch us and push that um, like button and uh, tell everybody Subscribe. where they can find us. So, help us grow our station. All right. Dean, you got anything you want to add to it tonight's great. show? Great. It was great. Mm-hmm. How
2: how history can mess with our brains. All right, guys.
0: I think we should wrap it up. Thanks for everybody for stopping in and look forward to seeing you in the week. And please uh, let us know you any suggestions or comments you might have. We appreciate that too. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Alexa played the family school of thought.
2: Alexa played the family school of thought.